Hey there. Before we got started, we want to say a quick thank you to our host, Muse on Minis. For years now, Muse on Minis has been the industry leader in beautiful, high-quality tabletop accessories. From tokens to widgets to terrain and more across a wide variety of games, Muse on Minis has everything you could possibly need to complete your tabletop wargaming experience. Head to MuseOnStore.com to see what new innovations the fellas come up with next. That's MuseOnStore.com. Musing and amusing accessories for every gamer. Now on to the show. Uh, hello, and welcome to episode 25 of Full Tilt. My name is Steven, and I play Scorn and Circle. I am Jesse, and I'm playing Chris Card. And I'm Nigel, and I play Kador. Kador, but that's fine. The only faction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, news and announcements. There's not too much. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. Should we, should we mention what happened? Sorry we've been gone. We've yeah, been gone for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, holiday season. Everybody gets busy. New Year's yeah. stuff happens, so. But we're back, baby, with regularity. But uh, since we've been gone, Faye has left PP, which is, you know, typical when somebody leaves PP, both the sky is falling and it's not a big deal. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. So whatever. She, it's she more to one side than the other, but I'm not going to say which one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's fine. I know I have a lot of, I have to eat crow pretty hard because I, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's fine. I did a lot of talking during the update episodes about how sweet she did, but yeah. even she mentioned that she was not technically the lead developer. It was a team that did it. So her leaving death suck because she, she did a fine job, but it wasn't like just her, you know. So the team, everything's going to be fantastic. Jason Souls is yeah. still there. He's the real guy. The man, yeah. man that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we have uh, Eric Rear, Rearson, is his name, to look forward yeah. to. And he. He apparently has been working on Sweet Orgoths the entire time, so it's good that the uh, the uh, development of the faction wasn't cut off halfway through. That would be bad. If there was like one lead developer was working on it and then it swapped, that would not be good. But apparently it's been him the whole time, so should have a consistent uh, and thought-out plan for how the faction's going to go. Yeah. yeah. And that's that. Unless you guys have anything to say about it. I don't know if we might... If no, no, it's... I've you know I've been around long enough to where I remember PPS Kevin, uh, he left and that was like the end of the world, and then like Chris Aubin, that was the end of the world, and then um, just it's, it's like you know it's a standard company where you have like a rotating door, especially when they like you know they probably don't pay like Blizzard Activision Blizzard money or whatever, so. Everybody right. goes there, gets their chops, and then goes somewhere. You know, shops shops themselves around a bit once they have a little bit of notoriety or a resume, you know, built. And then that's kind of like the standard, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, oh, Jess and I were talking about it because we're big soccer fans, and there's like a lot of you know huge clubs in Europe, like Manchester United and you know Real Madrid and stuff. And those guys all they they basically the big companies. That's like the the GW, the Riot, and things like that. Well, the Dutch league is really famous for developing players that get bought out by those big teams. And it's not like the, there's not quality in this in the league or anything, but it's just, it's kind of the same thing. PP is kind of the it's a smaller company, so you get people there. They're there. a stepping stone. Yep, they're great. I mean, it's it's a great company too. They make a great game. Uh, the developers go there, they learn, and then sometimes they get picked up by other companies. That's just the way it goes. But uh, 
Faye left and Charlie Foster III came back in, which is pretty sweet. I've been, mm-hmm. have you guys seen his suite? Uh, he's doing a lot of uh, hobbying stuff for the. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's doing like those uh, Riot Quest updates. Yeah, that's I awesome. Think that, I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Just to have some community engagement. So that's pretty sweet. And, yeah, and I got to try. I got to try a uh, Riot Quest. Yeah, I've never played it either, but I think the models are pretty. Uh, I don't know if we're, if if we played. On a right quest table, I think they all look really great. Some of them are less uh, fit for the the traditional Iron Kingdoms, but that's yeah. fine. That's an aesthetic choice they made, and I think that's that's cool. Like the new, the Malvin looks sweet. The new one? Yeah, I think he's cool. Yeah, he's, yeah, for sure. His little ray gun. I think um, he's good, actually. I think he's pretty decent. So. Yeah, totally. This, this I don't know if he's worth the points in his slot in the one slot that you get, you know, but. Uh, he is pretty cool, though. So. Does he uh, auto stationary on that gun? Correct. Yeah, it's a spray. Cool. Ooh, that's pretty cool. I think it's a spray anyway. But let me look before I make statements that I regret saying. Yeah, before you get more housed. Uh, yeah, before. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, my uh, my crick slot did sell. Congratulations to me. Somebody bought it. Uh, yeah. oh, but I did. I had good job, you idiot. <laughs> no, he's a, what a good guy. Uh, but I did keep the old Grim just in case I want to play some Riot Quest because I, I think it, it would be fun to play with like I don't know, it doesn't seem like as, as, as intense of a game so you could bring your quote-unquote non-gamer friends into play and it's four-player, so. yeah. Okay, so the, the gun's a it's a range modulator, so it's range 8, pow 12, AOE 3 or spray 6, pow 12. Hmm. Or range 12, power 12. Oh, and they all auto stationary? Yep. Oh, wow. That is right. It's a, it's a, he's a rat six gunfighter. That's pretty good. That makes sense. That's a lot of, you know. Yeah, but you have an auto stationary gun. That's sweet. Yeah, it's not bad. No, it's not bad. Uh, Any other news? I I don't think there was any. Orgoth stuff or anything spoiled yet? We know that that's no. What the hell is that shit coming out? Jeez. Well, they got to be coming up pretty soon, I'd imagine. If yeah, even if, so. even if the release is targeted for lock and load, that's in five months, five and a half mm-hmm. months. So there's got to be stuff coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Well, I, was, I don't know if we're gonna make our our announcement now. I guess. Oh, go for it. We are starting an OnlyFans. No, no, but <laughs> everybody's doing Patreon. We're doing OnlyFans. No, uh, yeah. we're starting. Uh, yeah, yeah we're, oh, I already posted the, the one sweet picture I had for OnlyFans. I think we could make some money, but anyway, uh, we're we're gonna be start, we're gonna be starting a Patreon. I'm saying it on the podcast, so I have to do it. Uh, nothing is gonna be like hidden behind a paywall or anything, but there'll be three tiers in each tier. Well, there is gonna be stuff behind the paywall. Yeah. yeah, sweet games yeah. in the dojo. Yes, that's true. Okay, but no, I mean, I'm yeah, not, the, yeah, of course. But I'm but talking about yes, like all the sweet podcasting. Your ear holes will be massaged by sweet Steve's dulcet tones. Ooh. Uh no matter what, like you know, you can get yes. that for free. Yeah, but yeah. So we, what we are wanting to do? So it'll be a, uh, three different tiers. The lowest tier will give you access to our Discord. Uh, then you'll access like the the general channel and the dojo channel. So uh, we all hang out in here. Um, everybody we've interviewed is also in here. So you get access to some pretty sweet dudes. 
uh, and us. So pretty cool. Uh, (laughs) Some of us are cooler than others, but (laughs) yeah, we're not going to put it on a sliding scale or anything, but that's fine. the second tier will allow you uh, access to like sort of have an effect on the content that we make. Like you'll be able to submit listener questions uh, if you want to submit a dojo list for us to do during a dojo duel segment. Uh, we might do that. And then uh, we haven't done it in a while, but we want to bring those uh, Warcaster breakdowns back, the Warnown breakdown. And if you're in the second tier, you can suggest a caster for us to uh, focus on. So that'll be the second tier. And then the a full tilt tier, the ultimate tier, will give you access to uh, our main topic for tonight, which is these monthly scramblers that we're doing uh, with all of the with all of our, our buddies coming back into the game. And at the the highest tier, you will also be able to enter those scramblers and play against us and them, and uh, just have some good times. So we just got to set it up, but that's the plan. Good dad. We want to talk about a token program or anything like that that we're going to do in that or not. Like we'll like, add we'll like add that. to the Patreon subscription so like there'll be more there'll be more exciting stuff because like maybe not ever maybe we'll have to have people not be in the scrambler but we'll have like consolation prizes in there for you know people, people who can't get are. their games in or whatever. Yep. Yeah. So it'll it'll be evolving. It'll be a living a living thing. So then we got yep, making Patreon sweet. announcements every every podcast too yeah, sweet. uh yeah and then for 150 bucks you can uh, watch jess and i uh milk a shift of cows it's four hours so it's a lot of bang for your buck there um and yeah. we'll do that we'll do that once a month we'll live stream uh milking <laughs> session it's pretty sweet <laughs> yep nigel's instantly in so uh, he's all in it's, yeah. super, it's fascinating, fascinating work yeah <laughs> <laughs> I did think about doing a, a million dollar tier. I was like, if you give us a million dollars a month, we'll take you to the next lock and load absolutely free. <laughs> Completely yeah. on us. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So if any of you guys have made money on NFTs and are interested in that, just shoot me a PM and I'll put that up there. <laughs> right, for a million dollars, you guys could fly out to that person and then like carry them to the airport like on a palanquin. Oh, and yeah, then all, all, all three of you then fly to lock and load and then you, you carry them around at lock and load on a palanquin the whole weekend. <laughs> for a million bucks sure <laughs> exactly yeah, that's what i'm saying a million bucks you can kind of get you can get wacky a little bit yeah there's, there's, some, yeah there's some float money in there for some expenses there's so much stuff we can go with. We, we got those i mean uh, we might look a little doughier nowadays but we got those far muscles so we can lift you yeah we'll get you. yep <laughs> we'll bring a cow and we'll have the cow just uh pull you around oh my god you know? so. they can walk they could be they can be hoisted up by a cow that'd be amazing exactly. how awesome is that Pretty sweet. The best, the best one to do it with. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a machine! Uh, okay, I think that's it for news announcements. So look mm-hmm. out for that. Uh, that'll be up as soon as I get around to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Well. Well, oh, actually, Nigel, you had you said in the chat you had you had, you're itching to talk to, talk war machines. So what is it? <laughs> Let's get oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I just want to talk war machines. I actually. God, this is really. I really have to write down if I have a topic idea. I just have. I've got to write it down. I've had like three topic ideas of like, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, oh, philosophical idea. Well, I think like yesterday at one point I was. I wanted to uh, pop in and be like, but nobody was on, so I was like, eh, I should have typed in there. Um, Last night for a little bit, then like you were, you guys were playing DVD, and then you left. So I'm like, oh, 
Well, uh, nobody's going to come on now. Oh, well. I'm hoping because they were good idea seeds. So hopefully, if we talk around a bit, and then I'll in. be like, oh my God, that's a that kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah. They need to, well, first off, we're we're in a scrambler right now. We're in we're the middle of round two of the scrambler. So we've got round one behind us. Which uh, might take an extra week. Thanks, Whaley. No, yeah, that's, I think I'm, that's I think well, I'm even if they just make it take an extra week, like it's fine. If it takes uh yeah, yeah. especially if they do late, like so hmm, there's probably a way where you know, like like we'll think on our feet here. Because uh Whaley will be gone. Uh, but that's just two of the people. So you can schedule basically everybody but just like, give them both a draw and then we can just move on. But if they uh, want to yeah. play each other, that's fine. I mean you can do the draw and then just reschedule them for to the next their next opponents. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. That works too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good so. um so round one, uh Jesse played Keith. I yep. played Aaron Whale and Steve played Joey. Some, some guy named Chad. I don't know. Chad, oh, you got Shunk Wild. I got Shunk yeah. Wild. Oh, <laughs> well, we we had a pretty murderous three pack. We had to play. Well, yeah, yeah well, only, only one of us won. So, hey, <laughs> two, <laughs> only two one of us. One. Only one of us sucked out on the river. Hey. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, yes, yeah, so should, should we uh, go over our lists real quick before diving into? Yeah, this? exactly. Let's go with uh, like our yeah, little yeah. list breakdowns. Cool. That's you good. go ahead, then. Uh, you'll go ahead. Um. All right, so I played Whaley. He played Grix. I played Malakov. Uh, yeah, my Malakov list was uh, two destroyers and behemoth, two full units of Cossite Woodsmen, Crow's Cutthroats, a unit of Kayazi Assassins, two units of Eliminators, an adjunct, um, some maybe some mechanics or some miscellaneous nonsense in there. That was basically the the meat of the list was that, um, okay. and no no forge seers. Um, it was gross. It was it's you know it's it's actually fine. Um, Whaley was playing Whaley was playing Rahira with uh, double krakens, and Rahira double krakens, and then like mis- miscellaneous crap around that. Um, he had those witches. He had one amb- he had so unit of witches and then a unit of witches that ambushed. Um so basically turn one I run up the table, turn two, he runs up the table, turn or turn yeah, bottom of t- bottom one, he runs up the table, top of two, one unit of cost sites, I have two. Uh, I only ambush with one unit because I know that he's going to counter. So I don't want to like have have his counter unit almost trivially wipe out 20 dudes because they, they like have two attacks each and they like tore up teleport around and uh, they're crazy. So, um, uh, I killed his entire unit of witches with my cast side. So that, that was a feels good. Um, and then that was basically all I did on my turn. And I just did, I played a little bit. I, I didn't even actually know. I didn't even play up that defensively. I was actually pretty dumb. So then on his turn to bottom of two, he goes completely ham and pops his feet and goes bonkers. And he's basically able to kill seven crows, all but one of my Cossites. Um, and what else? He killed some solos, like a Widowmaker Marksman. Um, I think I've really, actually, that was kind of the, the bulk of it. He killed some uh, Kayazi Assassins. Um, actually, he killed like four Kayazi Assassins. But I mean, he like really went to Tilly. He like kind of collapsed that flank that I had a, a flank with. 
uh, Kazi, I had a flank with my crows and then the Cossites. So he basically cleared out almost all that and left me with not much. Uh, and then I had this like building in the middle that was preventing me from really getting back around to the Kraken or really retaliating with much. Um, so top of three, the, the what I ended up having though was a uh, veil of mist. So I was able to get a behemoth on his caster. I was able to like knock her down. Well, so Malcolm has a throat cutter or whatever. Yep. It's, it's, throat cutter is the one that gives them backstab, but he also has dirt, dirty fighting. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I had Kazi eliminators. Uh, he killed one of my units, Kazi eliminators too. That was the other thing. So the other eliminators though, were just on the other side of this building. They're able to just walk around seven and, and pinch her in. And, mm-hmm. um, I dirty fighting one of them, so I needed to hit on like a five. I got a little lucky too. Uh, he charged uh, Malakov himself, like popped his feet, charged one of Whaley's models, and then cast cast an unboosted front butt hitter on an eight. Um, <laughs> Nail it. And so, nice. yeah, so then she had a front butt. So that made the Eliminators, uh, they needed a five to hit to knock her down, which they did. And then... Um, they were also able to then sidestep away after doing like four damage. I just picked the one point, one point, one point. Um, because she has escort, right? Or whatever is the plus two armor spell. She was yeah, actually yeah. a little bit a little a slightly tanky, and then she had like one focus on her. Oh. Um so I was gonna make it a little bit complicated, but uh she's then 16, the bi- 15. What's that? She's yeah. Like 16, so 16, 17. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty rough. But once once she was knocked down, that was the behemoth just went over there and punched her to death. But he nice. he was able to uh Charge the Kraken through the building because uh, of Veil of Mist. And then, so he lost his charge attack, uh, but then he got a second initial on her and bought two attacks and at half armor. Was able to get it done. Nice. Um, I had a couple, I could have just walked. I really made it like weirdly over the top complicated with the Veil of Mist thing. I think I could have more safely bombard. Like the knockdown play was the right start. And then I think I, I had enough shooting. Um, to get her with like a Cossite Woodsman, three Bombards, uh, et cetera, et cetera. There was like just some guns around, hmm. um, which probably would have been a smarter way to go than the Veil of Mist thing. Um, just say one, four Bombards. Or, or What's three that? Three Bombards, I guess. Would it be three, three Bombards? Two, yeah. two from the Behemoth and one from a Destroyer. Yeah, so three Bombards right. and then a backstab Cossite uh, shot. And then a uh, Malakop shot, probably. Um, if I go that route, if I don't have to veil of miss, I'd like razor winding or whatever he's got. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. The, the behemoth was great. So it, it worked out. Um, the only reason why I bring that up is like, I think I, well, I didn't really got him, but um, also he, I think he, he could have printed. Uh, he had the sprint, right? Because of his yeah. feet. So he killed him all. He sprinted back to that building and then she was behind she was between a kraken and a building and the building is at this weird angle so it was really tough to actually get to her with much but um you know just a little earlier in the game he uh actually was like veil of misses a kind of a dead car a dead spell on your card because of uh uh i have a okay. unit that gives my guys eyeless sight so i didn't even think of it i just put it out of my i'm like oh yeah you're right and then i just and then i was like how do i get out of this goddamn turn <laughs> as he's like murdering the world i'm like sitting there and i'm like oh no that's like a gotcha but it's like that's just war machine it's like yeah. you're gonna get get gotcha and gotchas uh but um i rethought it and i was like you know i got really fixated on like that's my way out yeah. but i 
I think there's just a bunch of actual ways out with no, the throat, the throat cutter, the throat cutter is uh gross. Like that's yeah, a that's really sweet, sweet, a sweet ability to have in your hip pocket with like Matt nine troops. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You pretty much guarantee not go a lot of stuff down. You know. Yeah. Uh, well yeah. then with the front butt, make it into Matt 11s. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. That's crazy. I don't even know if that's, it's too much of a gosh. I guess it technically is, but Whaley so trained up. That guy's like, I could, no, I know. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I I think my for me it was like he did Rahira and then he killed some guys and sprinted and he got to the building and then he activated the crack and then he pinched. So right around then is when I started like looking at my war room, like how do I what do I do? And yeah. I I if like I could have said something, like, I got a uh, veil of mist. Like right then I could have said I've got veil of mist. Um, yeah. and then he could have maybe boxed more. Like Derek Wraith came up behind her to try to like protect her, but he didn't like space him so close that i couldn't fit a base so the eliminators with acrobatics just walked over him you know to get oh. into get to her yeah. um, so he might have been able to like position a little tighter defensively to sure. make things a little harder again, um, I mean, you mentioned earlier in the game that he had he had mentioned veil of mist right or did yeah he actually point i didn't even, I, again in the beginning of the game i wasn't even thinking of veil of mist for anything and he brought up that like i couldn't use i think he thought i was uh moving in a way to like wall off you know people will take two pieces of the terrain they're kind of close together and then they'll put like clouds yeah, so yeah. he probably thinks he probably thought like he probably thought that that was my approach was i was going to do that and he was basically just he was basically trying to not gotcha me so he was like just so you know if you try to do basically this available this is not going to have much effect yeah, yeah. And, and i was like oh well i guess that's a you know i didn't really think much of it because i was like you know at that time i'm like i didn't even know i had that on my card <laughs> well yeah and i think for me at that point it's like well he, he He's mentioned it's been talked about, so then he, he knew. But yeah. it is a casual event, so I guess. I yeah, guess he, exactly. It's a casual event and blah, blah, blah. And he, he was basically pounding me pretty good. Now, the interesting thing, too, is like the attrition. It was like a huge feels bad. But I still had my three heavies, like totally unmolested. And I still had like some crow's cutthroats. And I still had, oh, that was the other thing. I had three cut because she's like front butted. So I could just shoot her with three crows and do there's like, oh, yeah. So like the shooting plan was pretty well in play but like um the attrition maybe wasn't that bad like the cost sites the cost I, I my unit that ambushed i needed to kill a witch there's like some stupid thing i had to do i had to kill a witch to give malakov a charge lane so he could get to get he had to kill a war he had to charge a war with siren so he could get far enough around the building to see her or something like that mm-hmm. so i had i had to get rid of a model that was in his way and uh so the calcites came in did did that which unfortunately it was like the first shot resolved that so then i had to take my other nine shots even though we were just going for the assassination and it was like totally irrelevant but they almost like they over half killed the kraken so i i I mean i think they did like a number on it like they did like 35 damage to it or something Um, shit yeah it was pretty solid so i probably if i'm in an attrition plan maybe i just bombard that like, yeah, it might not have been as bad as I thought it was because you can just front butt yeah. it. The crow's cutthroats get in there. Uh, I still got to deal with all those witches. I'll, I'll, yeah, I probably would have had to kill the witches because, like, the Cossites ignored them and just put the shots on the Kraken just to sort of see what that would happen. Um, yeah. But I probably have to kill a witch. Never mind. Never mind. Maybe I don't know. It was a tough attrition. It was a really weird game. It was going to be weird. But was that list uh, pretty effective then? Because it's such a weird list for cricks double colossal three here i don't know i'd like to fucking play it without somebody else having a counter ambush unit that'd be cool um <laughs> but yeah it because the the cost sites people do play around the cost sites and avoid it 
but it's unavoidable. And uh, like, even if they're turning to face that stupid direct, you know, they're like directionally facing the sidelines. It makes it so hard for the midfield, like especially with crows in the middle. It's like, do you want to get backstabbed by crows or a unit of cosites that's not even on the table yet? Um, yeah, and they have to, they have to like choose precarious these really weird precarious choices or they bunch up in the middle and i took three bombards to really penalize that <clears throat> it's just so unique for cricks to play two colossals but it's pretty cool that it's it's oh, kind of that list out. yeah whaley's list is really fun by the way it's uh like it's really just black spot abuse with like four inch reach models and uh kill shot like hmm. the krakens get so much fucking action done that uh it was just it was cool like they were pretty sweet he probably could have killed more models that one the so he had like the strong side strong side of the formation which was where Rahira uh popped her feet and ran to um that kraken went ham the other kraken probably could have done better but he kind of um i don't know he like i think he killed a manhunter over there and he didn't really get to use like a black spot or kill shot or like he it just it, it didn't do nearly as much, but um, yeah, the black spot on crows. So he cast the black spot on crows, and then that kraken basically killed seven crows plus a widowmaker marksman plus a unit of eliminators. <laughs> it's like, holy, yeah, holy crap! That's sweet. Yeah, yeah, it was it was gross. Uh, that sounded like a pretty sweet game. That matchup. Uh, when I saw the matchups, I was like, ooh, that'd be a pretty fun one first round. But... Uh, it was cool, and then Whaley's always awesome, and he's fun to talk to, and yeah. Uh, super gracious opponent which and, makes me always feel bad that's like the other part about that you know like every time i'm like it's a gotcha it's more like i'm at this point it's almost like a contest to lose because you're like you like whaley so much you're like ah you know <laughs> feel you, bad you, if, if you win you don't you feel like you lost anyways because you're like hey, <laughs> uh hey do you know yeah. if he's if he's going to CanCon this weekend jess yeah he is for Sweet. sure he's, he's oh. there right now yeah, oh my god there. we gotta we gotta touch on that after these uh battle reports real quick yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, Jess, do you want to do yours? I'll do mine last. Or yeah, yeah, mine, mine, mine is quick. So Go my opponent here. was Keith. Oh, yeah, I can. I, I, well, I'll pick the ones. I played Kuzmagard. I played uh, Lucasless with three Vindicators and Alice and two Mentalists and two Death Archons and one of each of the medium-based units. Uh, not, the, not the gun one, just the Assault Troopers and Experience. And then I had two Death Archons, I said that already, and a Liberator. Hmm. And that's pretty much it. And that's the list I chose. The off list was Sylvester with a unit of Rocketman, uh, Assault Troopers Experiments, two Stingers, two Ascendant Mentalists. Um, is there two transfers in there? I think so. Yeah. And then um, two Vindicators and a Toro and Alice. And that's the whole list. Cool. I chose. I was playing into Keith, who chose. Who is this pair was the funnest ever? Karasthon with six hundreds and two <laughs> grenadiers, and uh, a Haley three list and storm division that I don't give a shit about. So um, <laughs> he, he played the Karasthon list, which was probably I don't know if it was the correct choice or not, but what he, that's what he played, and he made it weird because Sloan. Seize through clouds, which is kind of Lucas's stick to keep your stuff alive, and so that wasn't going to work. But uh, and then the semester list, I probably so I picked Lucas, but I maybe should have picked semester. I'm not sure. I do feel like the Def 18 Rocketman will make it 
hard for and that there's a lot more stuff in that list for him to shoot at that's not Mm -hmm. you know my battle group but that's so i deployed like a donkey first of all and i tried to like bunker up between behind like my medium bases and i successfully did that until i don't know i think it was turn two or three that he killed me but um and that was also yeah he killed a death archon that was behind a building so that was great uh Def 18 Death Archon, one hunter, one shot it. So that was sweet. Uh, and then, which I'm not sure. It was, I'm fine with them shooting at it because it takes away shots of elsewhere. Like, that's what Nigel pointed out to me after the game was over. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's 100% accurate. You don't want to, like, take take the Archons away. Like, I don't give a shit. They're not going to do anything in this matchup anyway. You know, so. I mean, you're not shooting at, shooting at my cast or my Vindicators, then. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but anyway, uh, you'd like it to eat two shots though, or maybe even yeah. three. Like, you yeah, know, that's maybe, yeah, maybe you know, defense eighteen, he could miss a couple shots, and then maybe yeah, also no, take two uh, shots to kill you. Just guided fire, aces it six six five. The damage roll killed it. Sweet. Ugh, so, yikes! Yeah. yeah, yeah, but whatever, it happens. So, uh, but yeah, and then the other one was alive for a little longer, and I kind of like tried to jam it. Um, I try to jam some of his stuff and at the same time, un, like, get it not dug in. Uh, and I did that the same thing because, like, the Trencher Express team, they dig in also. So I just ran one random experiment over there to go get them undug in. Yeah. Yeah. And then I shot at the, uh, um, the Grenadier that was behind those guys because that's how it was getting the reload thing. And then the AOE just killed the two dudes. So I tried to do that on both ends, but that didn't really work. And my dead Archon just engaged him in mortal feared to try and get things a little less powerful, which didn't work against his guns. But uh, at least I was hoping that the defense 18 engaged in melee would uh, deter the death Archon also, or the hunters also. <laughs> but no. <laughs> no. And, uh, that works on uh, Karistan's gun if, if she's. Yeah, well, I didn't. I also forgot about that. And, uh, that actually, would have mattered. But um, so, and then I also forgot that uh, Lucas has that. Was it excessive healing or rapid healing? When he takes damage, he heals a D three. Uh, rapid healing. That one. So he has that. Forgot that. After it was Sloan's activation, and I think two hunters had gone. And I, and that's when I started kicking that in. I think it was three three attacks or four. four it was four attacks. So it was one hunter and Stone's activation. So that uh-huh. might have made a difference because he killed me to the dot. So with his last attack. Uh-oh. So yeah. But um Yeah. So and then I mean I bunkered up well enough that I didn't think like I don't really know why he didn't just kill my mentalist that was next to my caster and then shot shoot at me. Like, he just kept taking all the shots at me rather than, like, Sloan could have just shot the Mentalist once and killed her, probably, because she's, she's rat ridiculous, you know? Um, I don't know. But she was in a, you know, if I survive, I, and had I a position, I had, like, or surrounding ring of, like, experiments and then assault troopers and then I had Vindicators on one side and one on the other side because it was the, is a split decision? No. It was a... The one with the circle in the middle and two, two rectangles. Yep. Or so awesome. I should have just pushed everything to one side 
uh, and I should have done some stuff differently anyway. Anyway, you know, long, long story short, I died and to the dot from all of his hunter shots and Sloan shots. Not yeah. remembering excessive healing and not remembering uh, that mortal fear makes her gun minus two power, which probably matters. It's six less damage I take. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I mean yeah. it definitely makes a difference. Dying to the dot, you know, and then not healing all those damage rolls either because it was two hunter shots that did one point. So, it does well, yeah, things matter. If you think of the bare minimum, like you, you thought about four shots in, right? Yep, yep. Well, that's four health at, at minimum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's four health that I that I gain back, and he, he doesn't kill me. So yeah. Oh well, yeah. you know, I, 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 I poked my head in a couple times just looking to see what was going on. If he doesn't kill you that turn, he is. I, she's, yeah, no, it's super over. dead. Like four, yeah, four yeah. hammer that hunter over and three vindicators. You know, I yeah, they're okay. Or even just like charging assault troopers could probably kill her. You know, so yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah no, it was, it's you know it had that's how it works. So it's fine. But uh, yeah, no, it's. And you know I can't talk too much shit about uh, his uh, Kara Sloan list because that Lucas list is pretty gross too. So oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to point that out, but yeah. Lucas and three vindicators. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's the best build because I definitely think like one less, maybe a suppressor on something else, doing some other stuff. I don't know. God, I would think one more. You just get four in there. <laughs> That's what I did. I played that into moops, and I uh, I killed one model. So. Ah. Uh, no, I didn't. I killed more than one, but you know, yeah. Anyway, so I lost that that gloriously, and uh, you know, we talked a little bit after the game, and he's just like, "Yeah, you know, I uh, great impression." I tried, to, tried to mind game you into playing Silvestro because I played that against that before, and I I tabled it, but I knew you were going to play Lucas. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I, I honestly thought that maybe the Silvestro game is good into it because he can't be killed. He's like, yeah, but Carousel just kills the whole army. Like, uh, that's a lot of army to get through, buddy. That's a lot. You know? I thought I actually thought the same thing too. I thought Silvestro with his number of dudes and attacks, he can bring people back. I mean, your feet pushes you over the edge for accuracy. Like he, yep. how much damage does a hunter shot do to a assault trooper on average? If well, they're it's a power six shot in their armor, six. it's dice off six. Yeah, two dice. So, well, what one damage piece because it's dice off six. You roll sevens on average, pretty much. So. Not great. Oh yeah, unless they're boosted. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yep. And yeah, then, so I mean, you're gonna be, like on the feet turn, you boost one, and you don't boost the other one, and then you you hope to kill them all. You know, that's the idea. I think. I told him like I told him afterwards. I'm like I would I would, I would like be keen to like get that game in because yeah. like I think the experiments are pretty decent. You know, they're quick. Uh, they're fifteen fifteen with that spell. So, I mean, it doesn't matter because guided fire. So, I mean, probably just put that on the Rocketman. You know, it does nothing for their strength, but that doesn't matter. The Rocketman are there to jam in that list anyway. And they might do some work if they live. They can on the mini feet and stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess, especially against the Hunters, you know, so. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. The Hunters have, I mean, the minus one damage die too, right? So then it's, it's a POW six, so it's dice off two. Dice up two with one die. Eh. Yep. That's not yes. super exciting. No, I, that's why kind of why I took the Lucas list is because the iron flush on those guys armor 17. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh, well, I guess everything's plus two because the mentalist too. So it's like armor oh. 19. I mean, that's what, bad. Do you want to, you want to shoot that? 
you know, wow. so it's essentially plus four. They're armor 15 base, so it's, uh, that's down to eight. So it's dice minus two. So it's dice off sixes on those guys, one die of damage. You can't damage them unless you boost. Not, so, not great. But. I mean, and she has no focus to allocate. So. Uh, uh, on the feature, she does because she, she, she wants to boost her damage rolls. So. Oh, death. That's true. Yeah, I think that, that I don't know. I think that's that might be better all around game, but yeah, uh, but you just you know, I mean, I don't want to talk shit on Sweet Keith because you know the game was fun and stuff, but uh, you know, I don't. He's like, yeah, last time I played the matchup, I just housed it. And I'm like, well, you didn't play against uh, mentalists or failed experiments, so I don't yeah. think it's the same game. You know, more like, that, like it's, pretty, it's pretty much the same list. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I doubt that. Yeah. So, you know, those mentalists are about six months ago. But there's little Kraya solos, and those, those things are crazy good. So yeah, they're the first eight points in my Crucible Guard list. So please nerf. That's okay. no, no, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing keeps me from keeping the faction real. No I'm kidding. No, the only thing. <laughs> Definitely not the Vindicator, the Toro, the Vulcan, Prospero, the Vestro himself, the Lucas. Toros aren't even playable. <laughs> that's how good the other jacks are. You can't play the Toro. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Anyway, Steve, how's your game? I played against some guy, some guy named Chad, and we nice. went we went shonk wild in this game. It was awesome. Nice. Uh, my two lists were uh, James Morehouse's list that I built myself that he copied that I copied off of him. So it's mm-hmm. P. Chromac with all the characters. Uh, his list is actually a little different, but that's fine. And then my the list that I dropped into Chad because he's playing trolls is P. Morvana, who's a caster. Uh, I had a lot of success with. Just so you know, listeners, Steve's is the one who set this event up, and he's also the one who set the pairings up round one, so he knew just, exactly what he was doing. I just clicked the button. <laughs> uh-huh. I did. Uh, so I played P. Morvana's the a caster I played in the last event that Jess and I went to. Jess, you took third in that event, right? With Crucible Guard, yeah, and that I was took, a long time ago, though. I think it took fifth with this P. Morvana yep. list. Um, and there have been some changes, but it's Morvana with the Blood Shaman, Loki, and Gedrix. Uh, that battle group might change a little bit. I just like Loki's utility in the Shield Guard, and Gedrix is just great. Oh, well, because why wouldn't you? Ravager Shaman, Lord of the Feasts, two Gals Groves, Kogan for free, a white main. Oh, it's in Tharn, by the way. Mm. Uh, Bridget and Call, who are just the, the most insane. Seven points in the game, I think. A uh, unit blood pack, Ravagers in the UA, the crockpot, and some stones. So, uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious why you'd drop this into trolls. A mort- mortality, so good against him. I was kind of hoping he was going to drop the uh, Madrax three with the two units of long range. It's like, I'll oh, just mortality those guys and Tharn bow them to death because they go to power 16. But no, <laughs> he was playing yeah. Madrax three double, uh, Long Riders or Gristle 2 with double Northkin Raiders and a Glacier King and the Ice Troll. And that's the list he dropped. And it was pretty sweet. He got to go first. And those guys get like the Raiders get plus two speed and they have AD. So they get crazy far up the board edge. But he's at a two. He couldn't go as he couldn't push as far as he wanted to because my advanced deploy and my uh, Tharn Blood Pack actually out threat him with the walk and shoot. So he had to be a little more conservative than he'd like to be. But yeah, the idea is to, is to jam out a scenario and win. And I think that list really can do it. Uh, yeah. Especially yeah. Just, he just has some crazy cool things. The Hooch Holler's in there, which is such a cool model. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, so he wanted to roll to go first, and he ran up. And then I went and took some shots with the blood pack. I think I killed two or three guys. Uh, yeah, something like that. And then on the other end of the well, popped a shot at a clump of dudes, killed the main one, and toughed, forced the other four to tough, and they all made their tough check or something. It was like, God damn it. But, nice. Yeah, I mean, if 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 I had killed one more, that means I can ship all of the corpses over to the Lord of the Feast. And then he's fully powered at Pow 16. Uh, mm-hmm. And he had Gristle behind the Glacier King butt naked. I was like, ooh, man. If if I had gotten the full corpse of the Lord of the Feast, I might have just gone for it. Shoot, shoot the Glacier King, teleport uh, to a place behind a Gristle. And then she's a 1521 with the Yielding and the Creel Stone. I was like, all right, well, I can make Lord of the Feast. Uh, it's not it's not that great. It's Pow 16 with Divine Inspiration. But yeah, maybe. It was worth the shot. But instead, I teleported him forward and killed uh, Leadfoot, uh, Sorcerer, and two Northkin Raiders. So that's pretty good. And then he was like kind of behind his back line, so he has to deal with the guy. People seem to like the Lord of Feast kind of has fallen out of favor with a lot of people. And I don't know if I understand why. Like he's just he people always keep support stuff next to their heavies. The Lord of Feast shoots the heavy, kills the support stuff, and is at the back line. It's a big pain in the ass. And yeah, that's and the way... usually can take a, take a chunk out of the heavy, too. Yeah, exactly. And that's the way I, I always utilized him, and I think he still does that really well. Hmm. Yeah. After that, he went with the Hoochaller, and he basically killed the well, and my Blackcloud Wayfarer that I summoned with it, which was huge because that meant that Gedrix and the Glacier King had the same threat range, and I had to play this shitty game where I'd dance, I'd keep, we'd like dance around each other. I had to try to keep Tharn guys in between Gedrix and the, and the Glacier King so I could keep, I could move Glacier, the Gedrix into range of the Glacier King or try to like flood the space in between. That's what I, that's mm-hmm. what I tried to do. Did yeah. not work out that great. I mean, Gedrix didn't die, but I just, I just could never get a bead on him. Hmm. That. And then he kept using uh, that crit freeze gun. He got it two turns in a row where he froze my uh, UA for the Ravagers. Oh, so they could, it means they can't charge, so they go to power yeah, 15 instead of power 13, which is a bummer. Ugh, damn. Yeah. But they still, uh, I, didn't, I never lost any of them. That's the other thing. Why don't why don't people play the Tharn anymore? Like the, the Shaman and Ravagers. Because I only play. got nerfed, Steve. Yeah, play Tomb of Runa. Well, I don't know how to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that that tough no knockdown and rapid healing was so tilting. Like I started to feel bad too. It's just like he he couldn't kill one no matter what he put into it. It's like okay, you bring one to tough. He toughs. He heals D three. He heals three. It's like okay, so you didn't kill him. <laughs> So you effectively did one point of damage, and he's not even knocked down. <laughs> like it's like Horgle th- uh, Doomshaper three's feet. So you know, yeah, yeah, super gross. That sounds uh, awesome. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. But then uh, I I really tried to position it so that I, I knew he was going to kill the well. So I put like Loki and Bridge and Call back there. So like if he kills the well, then I'm going to kill the Hoochaller in retaliation. And uh, he it didn't work out that way because he killed Bridget which means that Call is pretty wimpy after that because he doesn't get gang or prey, so it effectively loses minus four, minus four. But if you have the two of them together against a mortality target, 
he charges in at like pow 23 or something <laughs> and then could, said goodbye three pow 21 so it's like oh, okay well go ahead and feed give your, give that thing unyielding i don't care i think they still probably kill it full of dead yeah. but as as it worked out he did feed on it and the uh ravagers just walked up because they couldn't charge and boosted their damage rolls and that was enough uh with calls mm. charged to kill it so i cleared it out but uh I was it's a casual event, so I was playing pretty casual at the time. Like I'd, I let him do like troll maintenance phases off clock, which is no big deal. At the end of the game, he had he was he had to kill Morvana because I was up on scenario and he didn't really have much of a way to cro- to claw back at it. So he had to use Gristle to clear a lane to get the Glacier King onto Morvana. And that took a, a little while. So we paused the clock until we mapped it out. And uh he got to her, killed her with his Last attack with just over a minute to go. So he did. He did kill her. But I think if, if in a tournament setting, he would, uh, definitely would have clocked himself. But it's fine. That's not what the yeah. event is about. So we had a really good game. Uh, his list was super fun and creative. When I saw it, when I sat down from it, I was like, I'm gonna shit house this list because of mortality. But deflection and the speed was just enough to like put me on the back foot right off the back. Yeah, so it was a really good matchup. It was sweet. Chad was really fun to play. I guess I could I could go over my second round real fast. Oh, you got your second round done? Yeah, I played against Joey. Oh no, uh, Joey was sweet. He's playing Legion, and I don't think he's played much since Mark II. Is that right, Nigel? That's that's correct. Okay, so that's kind of like the the point of this first scramblers to get all those uh, all those old like Muse affiliates back into playing. So we kind of yeah, that's that was the goal. Josh because he doesn't want to. Yeah, Josh has got it. We'll, we'll, we'll get him next. Yeah. Uh, so we had the event set up, and it was just basically Jess and I and Muse guys. And then Whaley saw us talking about it and said, can I jump in? And I was like, oh, sweet. It's a, here's a bunch of baby seals and one orca. So awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, that allowed us to get one of our locals in, Sweet Tucker. So it's been pretty sweet. Uh, and I think it's been really successful. Like People are playing games all weekend. People are dojoing all the time, talking about games and stuff. All stuff you can be a part of if you join our Patreon. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. The thing about Joey that's super fun is uh, he always has been kind of taking or leave it with War Machine. He was never like huge into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like dojoing all the time and stuff. And he's got some interesting like list things he's doing. Um, he's got to, he's like stumbled onto some things he likes that are good. But yeah, he's also he's like super new, so he's like over reliant on the. He loves those virtue signalers. Yeah, he, he yeah, also he like hates models that are just good, and he just does not. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like yeah. I, I don't like the model. Why? I just don't like it. Well, like, he's oh. just like the poster child for confirmation bias. So, like, oh. you know, the virtue signalers did something cool, so now they're like literally in every list ever, forever. Yeah, and uh, I don't think know. he's wrong there, though. That, that that package is crazy good. Uh, it is, yeah. it is. They're just disgusting because they do... I mean, doesn't the Ogre unit from Cricks do the same thing where they shoot, create AoEs, and then they also put AoEs on themselves? Yep, yeah. But it's interesting that they co- copy-pasted that mechanic, but... The Ogre one is just as clouds, so it's like a defensive thing, where these yeah. guys drop the skaters, so it's more yeah. like board control, which is awesome. Yeah. But yeah, like in our game, one Virtue Champ charged a Stalker and left it on four health, like by itself, two attacks. Like they, they, they hit like trucks if they get it off. 
which is awesome. Oh yeah, that's right. Because if you're corroded, then they're like weapon masters, weapon basically. Masters. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he's playing uh, Pila for the Blightbringer and the Swordsman. I, I, I think those Swordsmen are pretty underplayed. Mm-hmm. And then the list he played against me was uh, Fiana Two, which is like a, a throwback list with like Zeril and the Blight Archon running Asriel and stuff. So that's yeah. what he dropped into me, and then I decided to drop uh, Chromac. He chose he run the die roll and chose to take a table edge. He, oh, he chose to go second. So I got to run way up and be hyper aggressive, uh, just outside of his gun ranges. And uh, he moved up and put my cabination on Zeril, uh, which I th- to me is probably pretty standard play. I don't think it's like it's something you do, especially yeah. in the matchup. Uh, but my next turn, my world weird walked up and just popped shots into him because of purgation. And that it was like dice off. It's, it's dice off fours. It's insane. I can do four dice damage. So the first roll, I rolled a sixteen, and then a, a fifteen, and then I can eleven. So after the world was done, Zeril had four boxes, and the, the Reeves walked up and did a five man and finished him off. So I was like, oh, for for nothing, you lost Zeril, which is rough. So you're on, mm-hmm. you're on the back foot right away. But that also allowed me to trigger Warpath. So I I needed to trigger two to do what I really wanted. So I triggered. Uh, it on Gedrix walked him out of the way, and then uh, Reeves killed one of the virtues, which got Loki to walk into a triangle of shifting stones. Then the shifting stones port Loki forward. He sh- he shift he warps for uh, Hunter because he had a Blight Archon in a trench. Uh, boost a shot on the Blight Archon, hit it, drag it out, kill the Blight Archon. So. In one turn, he lost Zeriel, lost the Blight Archon, and effectively lost the Mechano Shredder and Asriel because they were on Blight Archon too. <laughs> so that was pretty rough, and that was basically pretty much game at that point. All I had to do was keep uh, Chromax safe, which I did. Yeah. And then it was just like, yeah, all he had left was a Nerf and a Seraph and Fianna and a, a unit of Virtues and a Champ, pretty much. So it was pretty rough. Um, I mean, maybe I should have played Morvana, but. I don't know. I need to practice the list too. But afterwards, he was asking about because uh, he's played some games throughout the week, and he's, he's, he says he keeps losing on scenario. He was asking like, "Hey, how do you, how does Legion make a a, a list that has some staying power?" It's like, well, it's kind of just like with Circle. It's not really their thing. Like they're more of a glass cannon faction, and Circle's kind of kind of the same. But you can if you're willing to play like the. Ogren or Bethane too, and he just I guess Bethane's just a character he's not drawn to, so he doesn't want to try that out. It's like, well, it seems like exactly what you're looking for, but we'll see. Maybe he'll come around there, drop yeah. there. But it was I, I mean, it was a fun game. I learned a lot, and I think he did too. I think if we played it again; it'd be quite different. I think he would definitely uh, choose to go first, which makes a huge difference because then he can run his guns into position. Yeah. And then that puts me in the back foot right away. I'd have to play a much different game. So, okay. So that, that was my first two rounds. And then you guys are paired up against who again in this uh, second round? I've got Keith. So it's going to be counted as a W. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big time. Uh, no, it'll be all right. Uh, yeah, I'm playing Sweet Colin. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I actually know. think like the faction I'm playing. Uh, suits him pretty well. Like if he's looking to back, get into like the game and actually buy models and stuff. I don't know if he actually did yeah. or not, but uh, like Crucible Guards, somewhat. I mean, they're not cheap because you do need 
Yeah, it's not that bad. You just magnetize the kits, but you just get like two heavy kits, and then you get like a couple of the lights, one of each light, maybe. I don't know. And then like the the solos and stuff is whatever they are. But the experiments are hard to find if he's looking to get into that stuff. But you know, I don't know. They're fun, and they're they're all their casters are quite interesting. So. Yeah, I think he uh, he mentioned that he's buying his he sold his scorn to Joey. He's going to buy it back off him. So, oh, cool. But I, I do think you're right. I think it's like it's like a, a Crixy Signar, which seems pretty fit for him. I don't know. Maybe you can play some War Table games. That's the beauty of War Table. You can always try it out. Yeah, yeah Joey and Colin being back are randomly super exciting. Not because they're back, and because they are. You know, it's just a. With Colin, you almost have to do like a reverse psychology bit. And by that, you have to commit to not caring what he does. And then okay. that'll make him just play. Like, <laughs> he'll just, you know, yeah. if he arrives at it as his own conclusion, then he's like 100%, of course. And then he's like all the way in. So he's been like playing by himself. He's been like playing, you know, War Table's really like exploded his brain. Yeah. So, like, it was so fucking funny when he figured yeah. out that he was going to play again. Because we're, yeah. we're the three of us in the chat and just like, guys, I had a dream about Kane. <laughs> and I'm gonna play War Machine again. <laughs> yeah, I'm all, I'm all the way back in, and I'm yeah. immediately not gonna play Signar. He was like, yeah, he asked yeah. like four questions about Signar, and we're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, okay, I'm scored. Yeah. <laughs> was like, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> funny. Just like, oh, uh, he's a uh, you gotta just like Colin. He's wild and free. Yeah, and then exactly. Joey. The what makes it exciting is like they're real. Like they're both really exciting. Like Joey's thinking about the game. He's constantly like poking on Discord to be, you know, like, hey, uh, I want a dojo, and I'm always like, no, but uh, I'm excited <laughs> that he wants a dojo, or you know, they want yeah. to think about yeah. it. Like, <laughs> but, you know, you just uh, you use War Room on the toilet like an adult, and uh, yep. you'll figure it out. You know, you don't need <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. you exactly. Go, you go to you know the Australians and let them uh, make fun of your lists, and then uh, you know you call, <laughs> call it a day. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and also the Australian Discord is such a great resource. Like, if yes, um, yeah, it is the best. If you want like more high level, you know, uh, they could be like Kurt, but that's just because why not? Um, like, you know, at, at some point they just gotta get the point across. So there's like, there's not a ton of like baby handing you. Um, no, which is good, but they're also not giving you just like toxically dumb, like lazy answers that don't matter. You know what I mean? Like. Yes, you could go anywhere and get and have people tell you to just take more archons in all of your lists. That it's like <laughs> makes it miserable because it's just like you could almost edit your own list. You could basically make any list in the dojo. You could sit there and come up with literally anything, and then you could fix it by just you could self critique your own list by just saying uh, add more archons and like it's like an absolute boilerplate like response of like I would take out that caster and then make it one of the top three quote unquote meta casters and then you know like. So everybody basically will, you know, it's like the other casters exist so that people can play them. And not every list is dojoing to win masters for $2 million in squid game, you know, like, right. um, you know, so you can play for fun and it doesn't have to be necessarily um, mining for tournament gold. You're just mining mm. for fun gold. So right. um, there's, there's some nuance to uh list. And then the Australians will, if they pick up on it, they're, good enough to like also be like oh let's okay we're in the fun tank let's go to the fun you know yeah, they'll, exactly. dive, yeah. they'll dive yeah. into the direction you're kind of wanting to go and at least clean it up a little bit for you but i, do, I think those guys too they they don't really give any like superfluous information like all of their advice 
is really well thought out. It's not like well, maybe you could do this. Like they really think things out before they do it. Uh, yeah, I think that that is the the channel to be in. It's just such a concentrated group of of really strong players. I think. I mean, yeah, I've yeah. always thought that everybody else is, America has the greatest players, and I mean, we I mean we do have really great players, but I think Australia has a more concentrated group of like truly top notch players. Crazy, mm-hmm. but and they themselves yeah. are arriving to conclusions like they're not run-of-the-mill meta players you know like um yeah uh, uh, americans suffer from like a group think issue whereas it's like it's tough to get out of the group think box sometimes um which is good part of the reason why you do it is to uh you want to kind of simplify the the things you need to prepare for in a tournament and so if you're playing one of like the top eight lists and you're only having it and the top eight lists are decided by that they play well against the other top set, you know, set the other seven lists, you know, so you're, you know, sort of you're in the conversation with like, you know what you're, if everybody basically steps in line and does it, then there's less things you have to think about. Whereas yeah. if you come in and rogue it and you've got some wild, wacky nonsense, that's, you know, but basically Australians get uh, dojo from there, but Joey's excited. They sing it about a lot that they're putting a lot of like extra homework into it is uh him and colin by far the most like yeah. they're on they're they're on every one of our like on facebook in the four uh into, into three different dis- discords like they they talk about it at every you know we're playing dead by daylight joey's coming in there and talking about war machine while we're trying to escape from killers yeah. um so the, it's like the enthusiasm yeah. is really really nice yeah, it's, like, it's infectious it's cool yeah yeah mission, mission accomplished i guess you know yeah <laughs> so, yeah that's yeah. that really the, the goal of the of this one and that's you know it's worked pretty well um should we touch on briefly the other matches? Because there was three other three other matchups. Sure. You guys, you guys kind of know what happened. I kind of know what happened in each of them, but not. Uh, I can talk about the. Uh, um, Andy and Tucker one. Andy and Tucker. Um, yeah. well, I can talk about the Beanish and Andy one, or Beanish and uh, Joey one. Uh, <laughs> I, I can talk about Trump and Colin. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Andy and Tucker, they played. It was a, basically a pie plate fest um, where they all took 120 millimeter models, and uh, that was basically all they took. Uh, Andy played Malakov yep. with a conquest and two victors, and Tucker played um, Caster Raven, Raven, Raven with um, two tridents, two chickens, and archangelic force generators, and then two. Um, or sorry, crickets. Mine look like chickens, and but they're actually crickets. And then uh, <laughs> two, um, or sorry, and then one Hyperion. Yeah. And so, yeah, and then it was like a battle of comedy of errors type game, which was funny. <laughs> I I wanted to commit really hard. Like every time someone was playing, they were doing whatever the hell the opposite of what I would do was would be, and I was dying. Um, but I didn't <laughs> want to commit because they were like, a, they were having fun, and then b, but the problem, you're like. Yeah, as a as a witness to a game, um, it's almost like it's kind of like that indigenous tribe that you kind of kind of oh. let, let them let them arrive at their own conclusions. So like you know, oh, I can't interfere. I was basically like uh, I was like Federation. I was the Federation, and I had to let them you know figure out warp warp travel on their own. But um, yeah. it ended with Andy was able to kill Raven. Uh, Raven came up a little short on Andy's caster. Andy like was up on attrition pretty good and then completely tried to basically steal a loss from the jaws of victory uh, <laughs> by like moving all of his colossals out of the way and like letting him just like basically do a shooting gallery against his caster and then tucker obliged 
but he probably didn't maximize. He didn't do a couple things that could have probably helped, which is like a knocking him down. Um, yeah, he just did, he didn't use like the slam gun to knock the shield guard. Because so the only thing he him was like four suckers and then and like one focus or whatever it was. And uh, Tucker could have slammed two different of those sucker models into Malakov um, yeah, rather than mean. take. And so he actually instead took just the straight big shots to do big damage, and they got suckered to the uh, various guys. And both of the suckers, caught, he was in the AOE, so he took the blast damages, but, you know, blast yeah. damages, uh, not exciting. And then the Hyperion yeah. got really close. He he got to the warning track, you know, Andy was like, Andy only had like eight hit points left, but like Malakai was like armor 14 or something. Like Andy wasn't even close enough to his own models to get the escort bonus. Oh, so he, he like oh, really well. fumbled the football. Um, <laughs> he was, he was uh, celebrating at the 50-yard line before he scored the touchdown. I, I think he was just, you know, he's just maneuvering, and like sometimes you don't really think like. I mean, that was his literal first game on War Table. So yeah, it's yeah. his first game on War Table, and it's also like his first, his like second game in the current edition, or you know, in the right. in the modern right. in the modern era. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's always like rusty and stuff. But some yeah. things though that about Andy's list that did impress uh, the so. I was basically saying, please, will you, for the love of God, come to your senses and take Harkovich? It's just better. Yep. Um, but open fire is an interestingly different spell that does slightly different things in its utility is on Colossal. So, like, Andy was able to bail himself out. I think, you know, I don't know. But it, it, did, <laughs> it, it bailed him out. He, he could have been really down. Uh, also, Tucker, on his early turn, he basically put everything into the conquest in the middle. So the conquest was being flanked by two, uh, two victors. He put everything and got the conquest to 10 hit points left, um, 10 damage left. And he could have put a ghost shot into it to get down to seven. He might have been able to squeeze more damage. He might've wasted some shots too. Like he put a lot of like just random pow 12 shooting into stuff. If he had used any of that shooting to like kill a lot of Andy's backline stuff, he could have maybe got rid of a lot of the sucker targets that would bite him in the butt later. Yeah, because you know, ultimately, if you're not going to kill the conquest, and it didn't have any effect on the game at all, it was like a bunch of it was like a whole turn of effort that didn't mean anything. Um, because he went for the caster assassination and then lost after that. So, like, I think Tucker's list is actually pretty good. I, I think it's actually, I think he could have played into Andy's list. I like to, I like, think they could have re-racked and played that quite differently. Like, uh, I don't think it's as nearly as clear cut, but yeah. Yeah, I think if you look at his list on the on, it looks like a total cheese ball strat. Like it's just all the huge bases. But I think if he plays against, I mean, he just happened to ram it against another cheese ball strat, which is three three colossals. Yeah. I think if he plays against a normal list, it actually does pretty well. Like he's got yeah. uh, a lot of attacks and uh, some really high powered ones. And you have the, you know, you have the starburst cannon that can roof and stuff out of play. Raven herself is quite dangerous, and mm -hmm. the two ghost shot the ghost snipers are great. Uh, you know. Flag scores and stuff like that. I don't think the list is bad, but I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you could literally just swap two of like one of maybe one of the battle engines each and put some units in there that do stuff. You're playing it, you know, like you're th all like double Hyperion or something. Or yeah, yeah. that too. Like yeah, play two colossals because that'll actually do some work. Yeah, you because know, those. I mean, like you said, Nigel, he could have maybe killed the conquest, but it's like it's power twelves into armor. What are they twenty two? Yeah, like the in his tridents, they probably could have. I don't know. I guess I have to like look at war room, but I mean, um, 
sometimes it's like little things like not using your your trident charge like they can charge and do the boosted you know melee yeah yep. um, sixteen. exactly it oh. helps it helps ch- it just because yeah exactly if you took two boosted 16s rather than a bunch of those like pow 12 random shots i think he probably gets it yeah. um yeah. and sometimes you're like well but all the offense you know you have to like get all the the juice right. and then the other thing too is like you still get to take all the shots right you still yeah. you're yeah. just charging and shooting so they're yeah. all gun platforms or whatever yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's fine, but it's like, oh, I'm just saying that, I don't know, you know, you could take yeah. a unit of some kind instead of one of those crickets or both the crickets come out or one cricket and one trident come out for something mm-hmm. that, you know, affects the game with, you know, her spells and yeah. stuff. I don't know. I, I definitely, like, don't get me wrong, like, I, like you said before, you said in our personal chat that, like, Steve, at least, that, like, he just, you know, we asked him to be in the event, and he threw, he, like, threw up his first two lists in War Room, so... But I do think um, everyone does have potential. I think he, it could be good. But. If he had maybe 40 more points for units, yeah, I agree. But, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think, I think the retribution units are all great, so why would you not take some? But... Yeah, he just had like a. He just oh, carry on. No, no, I just like no. Sorry, I'm just kidding. That you said no, it's a cheat. It might be a cheese ball strat. That's exactly what it is. It's like we know him, and that's how he like he designs lists that way. We like he'll find some skew that he wants to like build a list around, and he'll fucking build a list around it. And this is just like the huge base skew with Raven. That's that's the, the that's that's just that's the list theory. So. Yeah, yeah. But I do think it. I mean, Raven does make it work pretty well. Like the defeat with all those uh, uh, Don Mower guns is good, and mm-hmm. open fire on the on the uh, open fire and snipe on the uh, Hyperion is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. The spaces sure. are just annoying pieces. Like you, you can't charge them, and they're armor twenty three against guns. Like they're not easy to get rid of, and they have like a big pow sixteen. Boosted damage guns. They're not bad. Yeah. Know. Jesse can talk about his what he observed in uh Oh. I was I was kind of kidding because I mildly watched it, so <laughs> did you watch most of the game there, Nigel? Because if you I, I did. if you did, you okay, then you could you you get in there, buddy. <laughs> so uh, uh okay, uh, what was the game again though? I watched uh, it. It was oh. uh, it was Exelon, I believe, Texas. Versus, was it? It was, uh, I believe it was Lilith one. So it was, uh, versus, versus yeah, Joey. Joey. yeah, yeah. So this one, this one was uh, the one where Joey was like, uh, they played, they played late. Um, and again, everybody's new and everybody goes into the tank. Like, that's basically the music guys, like, not necessarily the uh, you guys, but um, all, all the music that are playing right now are like in the tank all the time. But Joey yes. else did his guys did is also yeah yeah it was the version signalers went to town blew up a bunch of stuff and then and then Venus I think just like assassinated them right I think yeah. Venus scored five zero you said oh yeah that's what scenario yeah. oh my god did he do it to him twice yeah that was, that's that's how he won the that's how he beat the uh, you know with that's how he won with the scoring game was he yeah. uh, just scored five points in one turn and um, was like oh and then we're done. Oh shoot! Unless they reported the wrong game to me, but yeah, that's how I entered it. I okay, said, well, I don't know. It might have it might have literally happened twice, and I also I watched both of those games, and I, I it's vaguely familiar. I really <laughs> the, the the scorn v Venus 
Rich has been more into scorn of all things. He actually is probably a little bummed out that he chose Cephalix. But the good news is we only got one more round. So he's got to play one more game with Cephalix, and then he's off yep. to the scorn races where he's really apparently found his home again. Oh, yeah. We're in the dojo all day. Pretty yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was like, I don't know what happened with the score. And he was like, they don't play the way I used to play. They're such a hit and run faction. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. And he's so stupid. Venus is like, <laughs> the fucking PP never figured out Scorn's identity. Scorn never had a real identity. Scorn's ident- who gives a shit about their identity, Venus? They're sweet. Just play them. So. Yeah, they're all they're all like self cutters. That's it. That's how they're just emo yeah, self cutters that like, like to torture yeah. stuff. It's. I, that's their identity. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, God, score, score players in general like slavery. That's, uh, that's yeah. what I figured out. Uh, so, come on, guys. <laughs> their, their identity is being the best around, and nobody's ever going to bring them down. That's their identity. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Whatever. So I guess we maybe we maybe we should uh, have the other people on as guests, but maybe they can like sum up their experience. Like maybe we'll do after the scrambler. You know, you can like rotate them in on the cast, and then. They can talk about like their three games, you know. Yeah, we thought about doing that. Like, <laughs> I thought about doing that like one one super episode. Like, we would record. Nope. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, you, I mean do... I will, you guys can do it. I will sit out. So, no, no, I'm just how did you sit out? Record each because I already went over my games. And I don't want to sit through fucking nine hours. We're, of we're not going to have the so. people you played. We're just going to have. Well, you uh, incidentally, we will, but like. You know, we can have Sweet Joey on, and he can talk about his three games. Then that's it, because like we're not really talking about all three of Joey's games, right? Or all three of, right? Whatever. It gives him something to talk about. It is probably incidentally like side topics of like what they learn, because everybody's like, all, everybody's getting exposed to like volumes of information right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, what I, I mean, I thought we could record with each person separately, and then just kind of like put them together, like one after another. Yeah, you know we're talking. I like the way, kind of like the way you did. Uh, you know, the faction things. Yeah, but I was thinking like we do like a fifteen-minute, like a twenty-minute episode with each person, and then you slap, edited it so they're all together in one episode. Uh, Oh, like a speed dating episode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Okay. All right. Well, whatever that works. Whatever. Yeah, we'll figure that out. But we're just talking about sweet war machines. That's obviously a big thing. And then a reason to talk about war machines. That's good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the I, the last oh the oh, last was, one the last game real quick was Crump versus Colin it was Mac two versus Falsier uh, Crump Fals- got him good yeah, Falsier got the shit out of him <laughs> <laughs> no I mean <sighs> just that that's what that caster does and she's so gross but I, I mean she vanished forward was teleported by the battle engine and then I think might have got whip snap and then Asia. charged charged Makita and killed her so. That's just, I mean, that's just what that, that caster does. She's all about it. But it's, you know, that's something new. You learn that's, that's the point of the, of the mm-hmm. event, to learn stuff like that. So. Yep. Nope. I have, uh, I learned that the hard way too, Colin. Don't worry, buddy. Yeah. So did I. That caster is, I mean, even, even if you hear, if you we, hear we like, learned it the hard, hard way when she was real dumb. But, yeah. Anyway, but even, yeah, if, no. even if you hear that, that what, that's what a threshold threatening is, it's pretty tough to stop because it's still non. Linear, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. But yeah, so I think everyone's having fun though. So that's what that's what matters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Except for me. No, just kidding. I had a quick uh, soapbox thing. uh, Just an observation. Actually, it's not even really a whole topic, but it was like a a thing of um, I've been painting my models furiously all the time, and me too. The problem with it is it's War Machine, and like your list pair in your brain is always evolving. Like it's like, 
somehow War Machines made a game where you're playing with like a fraction of the models as you would be in like Age of Sigmar, but you're the amount of things you have to collect and paint is like 82 times the amount of <laughs> Age of Sigmar. Yeah, and it's like yeah. super tilting, whereas in Age of Sigmar or 40k, um, it's really like the big difference between the two now in my mind in 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 some ways what makes so 40k you know obviously those games are like inferior from a play experience angle um but they're superior in a what it's asking of you to need to Mm -hmm. play it um Mm -hmm. because like both of those you just make your core list you know you you like your core you like your elites you like your fast attacks you'll generally only tweak a few things here and there you're going to tweak you know you you might change out of tank for another tank and flip your options but you know a lot of these a lot of those guys will like play for years like several years as a kind of a general identity where the list is basically the same at the core and then has just a few moving parts whereas like in war machine first off you have to have two lists both those lists are going to be wildly different and then b you probably are going to switch your list every two seconds and it's widely you know it's like it's bonkers the amount of variety of things you have to like have access to in your brain and play with it's fun and exciting it's interesting uh lots of things to think about which is good but on the flip side it's like oh my god painting it is miserable yeah <laughs> uh i mean i like the aspect of it a lot that a lot of people have been that's what a lot of people missed during the first theme apocalypse is the list building aspect you know like it's, it did kind of get taken away those first round of theme forces and now, like the, then things became really cooker cutter, kind of like what you're saying. I've never played Age of Sigmar. In a, in a weird way, that's one of the problems with uh, theme forces, actually, even still, is that uh, one of the reasons why you can't. So in the old days in War Machine, if you had a Crix, if you had a list pair, you generally had the identity of your list pair, and you just were tweaking those two things. Like you had right. a Gatsby two list with Banes, and then you had like a something like a, a Denny a Denny list or a Peace Car. Um, you know, I, I as I say, I, I'd probably say Denny more because you want like you want a oh. hard punching assassination list that attrition's well, yeah. or you have Denny who's like a control list who's gonna or or Denny too, one of those type of like a, a real controly list that's fast and uh, attrition's well if the attrition's against troops specifically, right. um, like that type of but it, and then those two lists at their core, then you're swapping out. Yeah, you would switch to Scar. You know, like you can swap the Denny's out with Scar and like a few things here, but you're not tied to like a tier. Whereas like now, um, you know, if you swap your caster out and you, you, you know, you have like a cool armored core list and you swap your caster, well, you're probably going to be swapping out like half the armor, your half the mana war for like things that the caster works well with. Like, uh, and then you're probably maybe not even in the tier anymore. So then you lose all <laughs> like the, yeah. you're all over. It's like, you can't just have like a, a list that's like 60% there and then you're manipulating 40% of it to kind of adapt to like how you want to shoot goal towards, you know? Um, So tier lists are cool now that they're more playable, more interesting to do, but there is a sort of a sub issue that I'm noticing that I don't know, hopefully, you know, Mark four, because I'm sure that'll come out one day. Yeah. uh, We'll fix that. But I would love to see War Machine be be able to like go into a place where, you know, you've got a unit of, you know, your basic faction identity is like I've got a unit of Winter Guard infantry and I've got a unit of shock troopers and then I've got like three jacks and I'm adding my fun solos I like, 
and then I'm going to just tweak with those solos. Maybe it's Malvin and Mayhem one week, and maybe it's something that, you know. Yeah. And you you can get through your entire War Machine career having like a list pair that's not, you know what I mean? Like you don't need $6,000 for the models. Right. I think that's it's pretty interesting, but I think after a while that might get a little stale, right? If not get... really. No, that's a, that's the thing. It's like we played through Mark 1 and 2 uh, pre-garbage tier list or whatever, and it was fine. It was totally cool. That's like true. people played people played forever with just like in in you know the thing is like if you if your core home base if your core home base is like 60% of the list is kind of homogenous amongst all of your lists or whatever you'll find that like organically you'll kind of get like in mark 2 by the time mark 2 ended I still was a completionist and had two of everything in the entire faction I just I didn't need it I only yeah. ever occasionally like I would do that like for memes. I'd be, I'd do like an occasional meme list. So I just invested. I like private press and supporting them, and, and I enjoyed the game and I liked having. It. But now it's like, you know, what do you do with ten Marauders? Like, ugh. you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a list you used like one time, you know, or whatever for one for one thing with one caster for one specific list pair. And also that is so it's like, and yeah, it's it's not just a lot of like general use application from one extreme list that you're making to the other, you know? Right. And I think that, I mean, I think some of that can be solved by cutting down on the bloat, which I think is a, that's kind of what Mark four really needs to do. If there's a Mark four, like I think that the core rules of the game are really good and really solid. Not that there's not anything they can change, but there's Indeed. just so much stuff. The game's been around for 20 years. So you have 20 year old models. Like maybe we should cut some of those out if Mark four comes around. But I mean, I don't know if that is on the horizon or whatever. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But I kind of see what you're saying. Although I do, I do think that uh, theme forces nowadays are so much better than they were in the, when they originally came out in Mark Three. Then they were. Yeah. Then it was like, what? Well, it was like, take thirty well, points of this kind this of thing is, and get a benefit. This is where like War Table kind of saves War Machine. Is that you can get a lot of these things out of your system without having to buy it necessarily, and then for yeah. sure not having to paint it. Like you can really ring wrangle out a bunch of games before you uh get down the paint road but yeah it's like like for example i painted karchev uh karchev 2 and i painted old witch 2 and i was excited about them and now i'll probably not play them and then <laughs> like <laughs> what? It, it, i put so much time into them that they're like, and then I'm not going to oh. use them. I also painted up my demo core. I'm not even going to use them. They're just garbage. And then um, I painted up like a Morrowind Archon. Yeah, that's not going to be in any list I ever play. Uh, I painted up like every time I'm like, oh, man. So just just trying to figure out like, like it's impossible. Like you can't paint anything because you're, I guess I'm going to paint 20 cost sides. So that's basically my next is like, okay, well, yeah, I'm for sure playing 20 cost sides. I'll just, I'll do that. I get you because you can play them in. And now that I found out they're in Flames of Darkness, or sorry, uh, yeah, it's Flame, uh, Warriors of the uh, Old Faith. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're in, for some reason, in Warriors of the Old Faith. And I'm just like, whoosh, wing. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's bananas. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's like so hard to find a core package that you'd put in a like a few different loadouts, you know, that to like reliably paint. Behemoth is another one. Windmill Slam. If you paint a Behemoth, a Victor, a Behemoth and a Victor, and a Cossite. So yeah, maybe we should like <laughs> it'd be a fun experiment, a thought experiment for like a later episode is to like figure out what our core. So like help people, wh like what's the core of your faction, and then it's like forecasters 
uh, three jacks, uh, two units or three units, you know, two units probably, and then like the core so like actual core solos you'll actually take in almost any list pair, uh, so that like it just narrows down like things that people could look at reliably. Like, yeah, I think that's a really good idea, and I think that actually would be super helpful for newer players or players coming back to because they'll be like, hey, this is the the stuff that I will use consistently uh, in my faction. So, oh. yeah, and, well, and every the whole game is designed. Every single model is designed to sell itself to you. And yeah. so it becomes confusion because you're being advertised to by literally you just because your eyeballs are betraying you. And you're like, I like that model. I like the way those Manowar look. I also like the way Demacor and Bombardiers and how cool would that be? And you get like, you know, they're constantly the floof is always overselling things because every time like every model in the floof is basically capable of like Falcon punching Jesus. And yeah. like, <laughs> you know, so you're just like, whoa, look, did you see that? You know, the makes the cannoneers look amazing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so it's it can be hard to like get out of the weeds sometimes and then just make a smart economical use of your time painting energy money the whole thing yeah i think it's a great great podcast topic mm-hmm. uh I, i'll write it down so we we remember but yeah i really like that idea mm-hmm. um yeah this is weird faction identities have become pretty homogenized like scorn is really good at shooting which is weird but that's yeah. part of the problem. I think part of the issue uh, that you're having right now too is it's still we're still in the Wild West stage after the update. Like things haven't had the time to settle. But well, even if it does settle, that's just, like I always want to. You're gonna have a what what does settle, then you want to attack it from outside. Like you don't want to yeah. you don't want to play the stuff that everybody settled on. You want to play the you want to figure out a way to shoehorn in things that specifically attack conventional like wisdom, and then that therein is like a sea of infinity, you know, like just, it's never, I mean, it, like, so, uh, I dojoed up a stupid flames or, uh, warriors of the old faith list or whatever. And I started there because I realized they had legion of lost souls. And I've been trying to figure out a list to use them in. Oh, and I was yeah. like, what am I doing? Like, what am I, what a huge waste of time and energy that I'm going to paint <laughs> 20 of these guys. They're going to be trash. And then I'm going to, it's like, oh, man, everything I've painted so far is like not important. And uh, I'll <laughs> never, I'll never get anywhere uh, if I keep this up. But like, then that's when I got onto the Cossites. I was like, okay, I see, I'm seeing a thread. Cossites are abusable in this, in this tier list. They're abusable. Uh, and I started like, I should start looking for just value picks that I'm going to find a use for no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting idea. That's a good idea. Um, should we shoot? I was gonna bring up. I mean, look at you guys. Hmm. Since we started playing, it's been like it's like I don't even know if it's been a full month. And no. Jesse plays Grimkin. Yep. Uh, Infernals. Yep. And Crucible Guard. So you know he plays all the softball factions. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> Steve plays. Steve plays. Play you no, know, I don't know since I came back to this game. So just Crix <laughs> <laughs> Circle. Uh, probably, I don't know. Like what? Don't and Scorn. You got Scorn play, thrown around in there. I play Scorn and Circle, and it's Honest Factions for Honest People and Retribution now. So that's that's what I play. And Retribution. Oh my God. So no, not only do you guys not 
not only do you guys not play like a list champion in one faction, but then you're also all over the place faction wise. So it's like, yeah, that's true. Like a quadruple, a quadruple the head explosion. Yeah, I think it is smart just to stick uh, with one faction. Maybe what we should do, uh, what we used to do with our locals quite a bit was called the uh, 20 game challenge. So maybe after people have, have felt, you know, people are now in like the feeling it out stage, you know, just kind of throwing stuff at the wall, see what sticks. Uh, after we've got some time, we can do what's called the 20 game challenge. You pick a caster pair. The lists can change as long as the casters stay the same. And you do what it says. You, you play 20 games with that caster pair just to try to learn what they do. You can, you know, you can swap whatever out in your list that you want, but the casters have to stay the same. That's just mm-hmm. a good way to, to practice. Yeah. Yeah. And then that way, when you move on, you're like totally done. Yeah. Now you've, you've uh, explored them thoroughly. Well, also it challenges you to like if you lose your first three games, them you still have seventeen more to go. So it's like you gotta yeah, like kind of make figures. You can't just like I'm done. So, yeah. yeah, this is hard. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go back to the drawing board, change the list, see if mm-hmm. you can figure something out. Hmm. Uh, less moving into the the ending stages. CanCon is this weekend. It's it's uh, worth talking about because it's kind of the biggest. Uh, the first real big event. I mean, we had War Machine Weekend the week after the update dropped, right? So there wasn't any yep. any time for anything to kind of settle or develop. But now we've had uh, a few months of games being played and theory being crafted out there. So we'll see how how well it's attended. I know Australia, I think they're going through some COVID horseshit right now. Uh, but it'll be really curious to see what comes out of there. I I expect circle to do really well oh yeah really yeah yeah i think i think morehouse is going to take her down i mean he's playing the sweet list that i played that i built that i stole from him so i mean actually mm-hmm. i don't know what he's playing <laughs> but yeah we'll see he kind of he's owned that that event for a long time but it's tough that's that's it's a shark tank out there he's got a lot to go through yep i'll be fun regardless I'm just really curious. To see what In the their chat, by the way, their ball busting makes me shit my pants. Yeah, it's so point. fucking funny. They're it's really exactly good. like, oh, I love you guys. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, Jeff's like, yeah, sign me up for the podcast. And then someone's like, oh, wait. Are you guys are you going to have the person who lost all their games on? Because that's why Jeff should be there. And it's like, oh. He's like, yeah, I'll be on there for that. Yeah, what a singer. But yeah, seeing that, seeing like what factions, what factions or casters are played, it'll be really curious. It'll be really cool to see. So. I don't know how many people are going to be there, so that's you know. I'm yeah, not sure. that's the thing. But yeah, that's what we had the idea. We thought it'd be cool to have uh, the two finalists on there, and then because most people, when somebody wins an event, they always have the winner, and just like they talk about their road. But I kind of like having the 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 both both players from the final table on there, so you can see like the two roads that led them there. It's kind of cool. So we'll be doing that afterwards. Yep. So we go. Yeah. Well, uh, Nigel, any store updates? Store updates. Uh, paint racks are still. I just had an epiphany. I'm just basically ready. I'm going to release them this month, so I don't know when the. Uh, hopefully this weekend I'll be able to do some more development on it. But I had an epiphany on. So the way they work right now is it's like Vallejo paints, military paint size bottles and then I was like, what if I just make slidable racks in them so that you can do whatever you want like you can um, 
they're sort of oh yeah yeah and so you can put them at whatever height you want so like currently each one is unique like the shelves fit exactly to the, like because it's not just like the size of the bottles width wise but their height and stuff and um if i just but all the shelves are the the architecture of like the actual case is the same whatever the shelf is so it's like what if i just put a bunch of like slots that you can slide in your paints you know so it's like you could have the first two rows be gw paints and then the next two rows be vallejo or whatever like you can nice. mix and match and do stuff so i thought about it and now it's an engineering thing that i'm i think i've got an idea for and i'll i'll just remake them a little bit tweak them and then also that way i just have to make one tray i don't have to have like five different entries on the store for like every type of paint yeah can, good uh, idea yeah i can just sell the one thing it works for everything and then yeah and then also um i got talked into making them color so we'll sell a version that you can just it'll just be wood colored so you can just buy like a cheaper a cheaper version or for an upcharge you can buy cool like mint green or you know one of the things that like look nice in your hobby room so cool oh, cool because they're like well you can do them in color and people would i i assume that people would want this to be as cheap as humanly possible but i've been sold on the idea that people would pay an upcharge to just have things that it, it looks great and organized as well and is uh not a detraction aesthetically in their hobby space yeah that makes sense oh cool yep well I'll, I'll maybe post the I'll post some like prototypes on Facebook or something so people can see what we're talking about. They're they're pretty cool. And, like if you watch like any YouTuber, uh, like Squidmar or whatever, they got those cool like it almost looks like a IKEA rack. Yeah. It's essentially the same thing. Everybody makes them. Like a billion people. You can go to Etsy or even on Amazon actually if you just look up mini paint racks, or you can buy the acrylic ones that are for like makeup. Um, so there's mm. a billion ways to do it. Um, I just for me for for me I wanted ones that had to do specific things i put things i have a table at the shop i need to be able to be, put them on like a cart and then push them out of the way so i can like use the table for either work or for like playing commander games or whatever so i gotta be able to move a really big complicated paint station um in an easy way that looks nice and then also is well organized and then also like you know would work on my like if i was at my house it would just be permanent i would just put it up against the wall and yeah like um but it's got like handles and it's just they're super convenient and nice and well there's not a lot of wasted space uh every every paint rack that i've got from anybody else is just a ginormous just bothersome waste of uh space so <laughs> um yep i'm excited yeah I'm, I'm stoked and then this year i actually mapped out my entire year of releases and then oh. we're still going to slip in more. I, I'm basically working on like a one release per month while so we're kind of taking it at like a regular pace. So uh, I could even maybe even do a, a an overview. So like um, whenever Orgoth gets released, we're going to have to release Orgoth that month. So that's like that month's release. Um, we're going to have at the tail end of this year, we're going to basically do all of the factions in like a universal token set. So it's going to be like a big dry race that'll be mm -hmm. sort of tail end of 2023 or 2022 whatever year we're at and uh um <laughs> then um it's going to be some stuff for judgment coming out it's going to be some stuff for uh kings of war it's going to be some huh. stuff for a bunch of other random odds and ends so that'll be uh checked out there but there'll be a lot of judgment stuff cool cool that's pretty awesome yeah, yeah. they have a new edition right coming out 
yeah, it's already like they kickstarted the crap out of it, and um, that's gonna yeah, that's gonna it should be like starting to ship here in the next few months, and yeah. then um, yeah, they're gonna be adding more and more and more to it. And they're ex- they're really excited about it, so sure. That's gonna be sweet. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Cool to have a whole uh, year planned out. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, anybody else got any uh, closing thoughts? Let's say that. Nope. Cool. I'm sad. Well, I'm sad that the CanCon's not getting streamed or anything like that. That would have been sweet, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Whatever. Yeah. I probably should have like asked somebody earlier, and then maybe they could have thought about it. Because I think Tomo was actually organizing the whole thing. Yeah. So I I asked Moops to do like if the, if he knew if there was anyone streaming, he's like, nope. But I'm playing in the event, so I, I don't have the time for that shit anyway. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm like, man, I should have uh, I should have asked Tom like weeks ago, not fucking three days before the event starts. So <laughs> yeah. you know. Hey, but now people will have to tune into our podcast to, to get the the scoop on what happened. So fair enough. Have, that'd be pretty cool. Yep. Oh, and then we, uh, you know, Steve, I'm going to crack the whip on his stupid ass, or I'm going to ask him myself on the last few people that we need to interview, because that's all on you, buddy, and uh, I'm putting the finger at you. Yeah. You had your baby, and you've been in the laziest piece of (laughs) shit. You fucking can't even send someone a goddamn message on Facebook, but you can dojo with Beanish all afternoon and not get any work done. Uh. That's fair. <laughs> Probably some inside pull. <laughs> it's all edited out. Nope. Uh, it's going to be edited in. I'm going to make sure of that, motherfucker. No, but, are you? <laughs> oh, I will just comment on the cast. By the way, sorry, guys. Every cast is going to have a comment by me. Sorry we didn't get the Legion episode out. Steve's fucking lazy and won't ask like, It's like when Privateer Press makes a, a, a release of like, here's the new Riot Quest stuff. And there's always like that it's one just, guy. It's it would be like Jason Souls posting. Are you ever going to make anything for War Machine again? You fucking pricks! Jason Souls, you literally came out with this, dude. Hey, oh, we man. had people asking about it, so it's like I got to you know. That's it's, true. We do know, we, said. we have three or four left, and we have them all lined out. I think so. Oh uh, yeah, the scorn one we have we have lined up. I think we'll be doing. I mean, you guys yeah. should just cheat and just have me do all of them i'll just be the expert that would be the amazing. and just yeah, try, yeah. And try and we'll we'll like get some uh, voice modulators so. yeah <laughs> i just yeah exactly i'll just uh basically kind of bs my way through it you know yeah. That'd be perfect. <laughs> how hard could it be yeah it no, can't be that hard so. with the score with this going on come up we're going to be interviewing uh david potts another australian and i think that'll be next week we'll be interviewing him and then uh yeah jvm for legion if he's still uh, available he will be. What's he got going on? He lives in the, on the East Coast now. They, they don't do anything over there. He's he has time. All right. I don't know. I'll ask him. I should ask. Him. Should. Uh, <laughs> and then it's minions and menoth, and those are kind of. We don't know what we're gonna do there yet. So. We'll figure those out. So, yeah. Uh, and with oh that, uh, thanks for listening to episode twenty-five. Uh, like us on Facebook if you like us, and if, even if you don't, it'd be great. Thanks. Yep. Patreon us. Whatever the hell that's called. Look so. out for our Patreon. Which yep. will come up when it when it comes up, uh, and yeah, I'm gonna keep posting these uh, matchups and results for the scrambler because I don't know if anybody gives a shit, but I think it's kind of fun. Post those. Nobody Don't. cares. That's okay. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for yep. listening.
both those people remind me of George Costanza from Seinfeld. <laughs> so, You've been watching, watching a lot of the Seinfeld. <laughs> I, so much Seinfeld. It's not even funny, dude. <laughs> yeah, I just watched an episode last night where, like, uh, in the beginning bit, and she's there, he's talking to a chick in a car, and she's like, "Do you want to come up for a cup of coffee?" He's like. Nah, it's too late for a cup of coffee. That'll keep me up too late. <laughs> so she just leaves. <laughs> of course, that's like the dilemma of the episode. But oh fuck, it was funny. Classic. So, yeah. Been watching uh, classic Top Gears, which never yeah, get old. No, no, you can rerun those all year. So yep. yeah, yeah. And then uh, Haley decided to fire up a show she used to watch when she was younger when it was coming out. And uh, it has not aged well, and that is the terrible sitcom How I Met Your Mother. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. That show is bad. That show is awful. So. It's awful. All the yeah. characters besides, uh, what's the guy from Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Jason uh, Siegel. Yeah. yeah. He's like the only redeemable character. The rest of them are fucking terrible. Yeah, it's, that show's awful. So. <clears throat> like no, have you watching anything cool? Did you see the preview for the new Marvel thing? Oh, boy. Uh, what? <laughs> Did you see the preview for the new Marvel thing? TV show. No. Mo- the Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen the preview for that, no. Oh, prepare to it get looks, excited. Looks like a Marvel show. Gonna be <laughs> awesome. It's going to be people in it, and it's going to really tie yeah, the universe gonna, together. It's going oh to really tie the room, that rug, really tie yeah. the room together. It's going to be a yeah. mate. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to tie it into the classic children's book. Good night, Moon, because it's Moon Night, and they're gonna bring yeah. bring that into it. Oh, it's gonna be amazing. Uh, what did look cool is they dropped the uh, teaser trailer for the Lord of the Rings TV show. And it's called oh, uh, what's it called? The Rings of Power. So I think it'll be about how all the rings got made, which is kind of cool. yeah. Also, the intros all practical effects, which is cool. I yeah. love that. Yeah, because man. Holy shit! That really took me out of the Hobbit. All the the digital effects. God. Yeah. Not that there was much to redeem about it, but besides Sweet and Martin Freeman, who's fantastic. But wow. Well, especially like in the first one. He was the- like, yeah, he is a perfect. Uh, yeah. Bilbo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was very. Yep. Yeah. Totally. But like the, all all the the CGI goblins and stuff. I was like, God, this just I just remember what the goblins looked like in the mines of moria and they're like kind of scary and they're climbing all over the place it looked awesome and yeah. then you get here and she's like these fucking butter balls yeah. dudes yeah. <laughs> no other uh you haven't watched anything cool nigel uh not i know not written out at all no well damn <laughs> yeah so swinging a miss on uh st- i don't know uh i watched that movie, uh, The Last Duel. Oh, how was that? Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was a movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like a perfectly good movie, but, you know, like trigger warning or whatever. It's basically about uh, a French noble woman that gets raped by, oh. like, by her husband's ex-friend. And while he's away on, like, he's on a campaign in Scotland, 
and he comes back and she tells him about it. And uh, you see three different perspectives. You see like the Matt Damon is her husband. You see his perspective of it. Then you see her pers- or then you see uh, um, who's the guy uh, who's uh, Kylo Ren. Uh, Adam Driver, you see Adam Driver's perspective of it, and then you see hers. But the perspectives are all basically the same. So you have to watch a person get raped three times. It really sucks. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I don't but, think I'm... you know, there's, it's like, hey, it's a good movie. It's got, got good points. Blah, you know, that stuff. Good social commentary. Also, there's some chilling stuff in there, like literally things that tie into stuff that's actually happening today, like, you know, so she basically makes the accusation. And first off, is this, you know, I'm sure it's embellished, but it's actually historically accurate. This is a really bizarre. The reason why this is an interesting story is um, the, the guy, uh, Matt Damon's character, was like legally uh, sort of uh, not frivolous, but like he was like constantly suing everybody. And mm-hmm. so he all of this is like documented in courts, like quite detailed by multiple lawyers. Um, and it's the, the details leading up to it. And then afterwards, like all of it, it's like all it's one of these. It's just a bizarrely trapped in time, well-documented um, thing. We're all like so, you know, you're thinking like, oh, this is just. You'd be shocked, like everything you look up. Is like, is this sensationalized, make it more dramatic? It's like, oh no, that's actually just a thing that actually happened, and they documented that. And, uh, um, <laughs> but when she makes the confession to her husband, her husband basically is like, all right, well, we're going to sue. And like his solution was, there's like a, probably a few things he could do in this situation. Um, uh, but he chooses, he's kind of sick of this guy. Adam Driver is kind of like busting, busting his balls. And he takes it kind of more of the person like this is that's like the last straw. You know, you fucked with my business and you fucked with my like land and you fucked with this. So now I'm just going to basically challenge you to a duel and I'm going to sue to do it. The pro, But then like <laughs> because they're dumbasses, they are like, OK, well, they agree to allow they allow it. They basically have to put her on trial. So they put her on trial to prove that she actually got raped and. Most of the trial, the whole point of the trial is to intimidate her into basically saying she made it up. And I don't know what her punishment is if she got, if, you know, the trial had, if she had to basically say, no, never mind. But then once Matt Damon's duel is approved, if Matt Damon loses, she gets burned at the stake immediately. Oh my God. (laughs) That's, that's the, because that's like God basically, once it becomes a duel, that's God basically determining if Adam Driver actually raped her or not. And so if Adam Driver wins, he was clearly innocent. And so then she has to be burned for lying. <laughs> so, Holy shit. And, you know, never mind that Matt Damon and Adam Driver, like, if Adam Driver's innocent and he's killed by Matt Damon, then, uh, you know, I guess get fucked or, you know. So, um, and then the duel, the duel's pretty awesome. And then you, again, you, the other thing too is because so in back in it's like the mid 1300s um they arranged this duel and it's basically like the medieval equivalent of like a like a you know meet me out in the parking lot after school thing but it gets so popular that yeah. like both people get sick so they 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 set it for like weeks after the at the trial but then they both end up with like one per, one of them gets a fever so then it delays it like some months and then another one gets a fever so it delays it some more months and then 
they were both in France, in the suburbs of France, to do the duel. And the king, it was so popular that the king was going there. And traffic was so high because of people flocking to the event that the king was going to be late in traffic. So <laughs> so he, he delayed it like two more months. Uh, that's all stuff that's not even in the movie. I just was reading about it. And I just thought that was hilarious. The king got caught in traffic in 1300s, which meant a two-month <laughs> two delay. Like it takes him two months to get to France, uh, to get to Paris. Um, so, yeah. And then it was like a hugely attended event. And then it was so many lawyers and weird stuff involved that it was like well documented. Like even the very details of how exactly the duel went down is like scripted. Like, so the movie follows exactly the historical, like, hmm way the duel and it's you know so it's fascinating to see like oh my god that's like kind of gritty and also interesting like because they like joust so they they first they joust and also yeah again this is it's called the last duel because this is like the last legal duel that was done in france to solve like a legal issue um and so uh um they joust they hit each other's shields uh the shields held then they hit each other's armor um, and almost fell off their horses. And then on the third one, um, Adam Driver, Adam Driver's character actually knocks off Matt Damon's character with the lan- his lance. Um, oh, no, they actually. This and whatever the movie's different than real life. I'm just going to say the real life version of it, I guess, because it's but it's very similar um, in real life. They actually lance each other three times and couldn't get each other off the horses. And Adam Driver they both go to their axis. It's called the Holy Trinity of your lance, the axe and a sword. And that's called the Holy Trinity. Uh, so they, they go to the second stage of the Holy Trinity. They have an axe fight. Basically, uh, Adam driver is able to chop, uh, Matt Damon's horse. And so oh, sure. the horse, the horse throws Matt Damon, but he's, cl- he clears himself of the horse. Uh, and he gets up and actually just guts with his axe, Adam driver's horse. Oh my and God. then, the horse actually falls down on him, which pins him for a little bit, but as they get out of it, um, and then they have this melee where they're getting like tired. Um, Adam driver at one point gets disarmed and he pulls out a dagger and he actually, uh, like Matt Damon slips and he stabs him in the leg and, you know, basically hits like, he must not have hit like an artery. And that's the same in, in real life. Like he stabbed him through the thigh and yeah. everybody thought that, that was basically going to be the end of Matt Damon in, in real life and in the movie. And, uh, um, he is before he bleeds out, you know, and gets too, too, too exhausted. He's able to basically trip Adam driver up and make him fall down. And he, uh, straddles him like an MMA fighter basically. And, and in real life, it's documented that it takes him like several minutes. He, cause they're wearing helmets and they can't pay. He can't, he's sitting there trying to stab him with his sword. And it's not doing anything because they're so well armored. And so he has to like literally take out um, a dagger and he uses the handle to smash open and off. He has to smash the buckles off his helmet, which takes just like minutes and minutes and minutes. And then he finally gets the helmet off and uh, he basically is like pulls like the Game of Thrones, you know, like confess. Yeah. And uh, Adam Driver's character uh, is like, you know, basically just says, you know, in God in front of everybody, I didn't do this thing, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, he's like, well, I guess you're, you're, you'll be damned in hell then. And then he like, you know, Matt Damon kills him. And, uh, so it's like really long dramatic. And then it's kind of nice that the raper gets his, because like the whole time you're just on, like, you're just like, 
I know it's the 1300, so this can't end well. Like, it's like yeah. It's yeah. Just, everybody's so garbage that it's like, uh, uh, yeah. and yeah. Oh, that sounds pretty <laughs> sweet. Yeah, it's it's like again, it's but the problem is it's just it's like three forty minute or three half hour, like up to the event where they start going to the rape trial, and it's just like fuck. Did we have to watch that three times? Jesus, it's just terrible. Ugh. Like they could have just done one and then argued about the perspectives, or I don't know. They I feel like they could have just you know made it yeah. like slightly less triggering, I guess. But um, I mean, it reminds me yeah. of. That. The Game of Thrones scene with the uh, Ramsey and Sansa. Ugh. Oh yeah, yeah, horrible. Oh, yep. Well, that sounds pretty sweet. My wife wanted to watch it the other day, but maybe I'll give her that warning. Yeah. Ugh. That seems pretty intense. Yeah. The the end does. You're like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I get fucked. Jerk off or you know, you're sort of. Uh. Yeah. Well, we watched a movie. The movie editorial. Oh, just sorry. I just the, no, no, one no. last point. The movie editorially doesn't. I've heard some reviews that are like it's basically a bro down. That's basically you know apologizing for rape culture or something. And I'm like, I don't. That's not at all. Like in fact, narratively, there's like these little segues. So each time they do a different person's perspective, um, like it'll be like uh, this is the story as seen through her, uh, her, and but like it, it says this is the story as seen through her truth. But then the word truth stays on the screen and like all the rest of the words go away. And like, it's clearly saying, you know, like they're clearly saying that her perspective was the probably the most accurate of the three, three versions, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and like, yeah. And she gets, you know, she basically uh, survived. Like there's a social commentary on Matt Damon's mom is basically like, basically blowing her up like you're basically ruining my kid's life by being this fucking dumb idiot who's you know trying to like your truth isn't worth it and also you're like with child now and um you're probably not even gonna live to see the child because you're gonna be burned at the stake with his kid so like he's not even gonna get to have an heir and like you know they're bringing all these other things she's like well yeah but i, I was raped so i'd like him to actually be punished for the thing he did <laughs> and like i'd like to just not be a victim you know and she's like, well, you're fucking dumb because I've been raped and I've just I sat there and took it and now I'm alive. And she's like, you know, she's like, well, don't you wish that you could have had justice? You know, like, wouldn't that have been better than just being alive? And okay. then she herself questions it. Like when they were like when they impressed. So, like, it wasn't real to her when she when the mom was when the mom was basically being an asshole to her. It wasn't really real to her. The gravity of. uh how bad they'd punish her and then when they're basically like explaining they're like at trial basically like yeah you're gonna burn for like an hour and it's gonna take like an hour and it's gonna really suck and you're gonna it's if you know are you you still good and she's like (laughs) yeah but then she has the kid while the trial's going on she ends up having the kid and uh or no while they're waiting for the duel she has the kid and so she like agrees to it while she's pregnant but then once she has the kid she has kind of remorse of the whole thing she's like you know if I knew that I'd feel this way or how important this kid would be. I probably would have just shut up, you know, like, I don't want to, now I don't want to die, you know, be burned at the stake. And then the kid will have to live on us because Matt Damon's going to get killed by this guy, which means she dies and the kid will be, he'll like lose his land and title and the whole thing. And she's like, uh, you know, I never would have agreed to it if I knew that that was going to be the consequence. And, but then Matt Damon, it works out. And uh, she's basically able to kind of uh, stick it to the mom. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
yeah so that's kind of good like but in a like in a good way like you know the mom the mom it kind of gives the mom sort of like a hope like almost like even though mom was against it you know she sort of uh is like yeah you go <laughs> you know uh it worked out even though it does again she had no agency since she basically had justice by proxy as her husband had to go in and kill a guy but still yeah justice <laughs> got him yeah, yeah. got him but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting movie. It's it, it, it was neat to think about historically to like have Wikipedia open or and then just read about it. Uh, you know the events because it's again it's all well documented. A super bizarre thing. Anyway, so sorry that went a really long movie review of that. Just is gonna <laughs> take the piss, absolutely take the piss out of you. Oh, it looks awesome. Yes, that yeah. sounds a little bit like it, but that's okay. Did they tie it into uh, the Knights no. the Knight's Tale verse? Is that going to? They tied? did not tie it into the Moon Knight, nor a Knight's Tale, nor um, the Black Knight. What about uh, what about the Quiet? Have you guys seen that movie? That's with Adam Driver and Andrew Garfield as like these two uh, Portuguese missionaries that go to Japan. Nope. I saw, that's uh, that's an older one. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Things do not go well. <laughs> no, nope. It was I watched a real shithole of a movie with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Oh, oh yeah. where they just argue for two hours? Yep, that was the worst. Yeah. So. Yeah, didn't you tell me if, when, you, when you loaded it up, you're like, this is probably a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> 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 uh, well, no, it wasn't. So, yeah, uh, yeah. and yeah, I right slogged through it anyway. Wow. Yep. But no, yeah, the quiet uh, man that was intense. Like the, well, I don't really want to spoil it. I guess how old it must be three or four years old by now. I don't know. Oh, you can spoil it. A, a it's it's old, and B, it's yeah. again, like based on a historical thing, right? Yeah, but I mean, I haven't seen it. I think I saw it a couple of years ago, but basically. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver are sent by uh, I don't know if it's by the Pope himself. I think it is by the Pope. Liam Neeson who was sent to Japan to try to witness to the Japanese people during like feudalism. So they're still uh, deep in... I I actually don't know if the national religion of Japan is still Shinto. I don't know. But at the time it was. Yeah, Uh, and they had... Japan had laws where they just killed you on sight if you hit the land on their shores. Like and yeah, yeah. You just they, they just killed you. Yeah. yeah. So they had to do everything super in secret, and uh, can't remember how they get found out. But some of the that just some of the torture they show, unbelievable. <laughs> like they crucified yeah. those three guys at the at the the shore. Yeah. Would uh, so that the tide would come in and then they'd be crucified and drowning. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Oh wow. And then they would they like hung some of the guys upside down in these pits they dug in the ground. And normally, if you're hung upside down, like the blood rush to your head will cause you to pass out. So to to work around this small issue, they would like make an incision at the top of the people's head so that the blood would drain out and they wouldn't pass out. And they'd just be conscious, hanging there upside down in a pit. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it was about Adam Driver eventually dies because he sees uh, some of his pupils are being drowned. And then he, try, he tries to go in and save them and he drowns himself. And then uh, Andrew Garfield eventually finds Liam Neeson, who was converted to Shinto. And he basically gets convinced to convert himself. And he does. And he, you're, you, it looks like he's converted his whole life. Like he lives his whole life by that uh, 
creed and stuff and then he's completely left christianity behind but at the end uh like when he dies they they cremated him and you can see him burning uh when he's burning in his, his body his wife put his little cross so i think he uh never yeah. gave up which was pretty like the ending was pretty cool but the, the torture was just fucked up yeah it was good that was a good movie hmm. i'll have to watch that that sounds pretty cool yeah, it was cool i know there's like some island it like might be uh, the last like island i mean probably not the last one but there's an island out in there in that like in oh. the philippines area or whatever where there's yeah. just like <laughs> They keep sending missionaries, and they yeah. instantly die. Like, hey, guys. You know what? Let's let these people do their thing, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I remember that story. It was like some dude. He like he documented it, too. He didn't. Yeah. He wasn't He wasn't even sent there. He just wanted to, like, he's like, you know what? I want to do, I want to basically, do it. I want to do missionary work on hard mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. I think, I can't remember what countries it's off of, but the, the, uh, the, mainland country has like banned travel to that place because they just want to preserve that indigenous people's life which is like the right thing to do or to let them live their life whatever so this mm. guy had to like charter like some secret fishing vessel to get out there so it was like a back alleyway for him to do it anyways i think the first time mm. he went on there he stepped foot on shore and he's like hey and he held up his bible and like like <laughs> like in like indiana jones they just like check the spirit the bible. <laughs> yeah, <basically. laughs> this is a bad sign <laughs> but i'm pretty uh, sure he made it that first he time. lived yeah he really wrote about it he like yeah he he like tried to get back on the island like two more times you know it's just like and then he's like writing he's like boy I got an ominous feeling about this, these attempts, you know, like I'm, it's like, yeah, cause you're you idiot. Anyways. Yeah. Eventually <laughs> yeah, he, exactly. like, yeah he, he went, he did go a couple times and there was definitely a last time cause he's, his body is yeah. still there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he ended up like the, the bottom half of the boat and of the, the plane in Temple of Doom. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I knew this is like, his parents are like, you know, trying oh, yeah. to get like the government into it's like what the fuck are you talking about you know just Jesus Christ yeah and the, the yeah. government did everything they could to keep him from going there like he made his bed now his body has to stay there like nobody's going on the island fuck that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Jesus oh man yeah, yeah. that's funny 